you've got your Bible, go with me over to the book of Acts. I'm going to kind of work through Acts for a season until God says go somewhere else. Acts chapter 3, we finished up with chapter 2. I pray. You want to know what to pray? Brother Shannon, how can we pray for you? Pray that we be this church day by day continuing with one mind. We need to be a church of one mind. Pray for unity in Chapel Hill Baptist Church. I've been here a while. Pray for unity. Not saying that there's schisms and factions and all of that. Not saying that it's there. But pray for unity. You pray alongside me. Pray alongside your staff. Pray alongside us as we pray for one-mindedness. Pray that. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness. That's why, you know, I don't make any apologies that I'm just running around out there and them double Z, triple zeros have done hit up there. I mean, it's just fun. It's just good. It's just, it's just like we're out there having a good old time. There's nothing wrong with coming to church and enjoying fellowship. There's nothing wrong with that. It's good to be in God's house. It's good. Pray. Pray for us. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Look at chapter 3. Beginning in verse 1. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. So that's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. They prayed three different times a day. They prayed at 9 o'clock in the morning, noon, and 3 o'clock in the evening. The ninth hour, it started at 6 o'clock in the morning. So you do your math from 6 in the morning. So at the ninth hour, at 3 o'clock, they were going to pray. Here they are, New Testament church, early Christians. They had not yet divorced themselves from Judaism. They were still going to the temple. It was all good, no problem. They were, they were doing this, and take note. There's so many different... You see, you don't have a title up there yet. Because there's 47 different titles I could put on this, because I don't know which way I'm going yet. According to which one of you looks at me, conquer eyed I don't know which way, because there's so many different angles you could go with this sermon. Keep going, let's find it. They were going up at the ninth hour, and a man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, who they used to sit down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. You cannot find, you go to Jerusalem, there is no gate called Beautiful. All right, there's some arguments, they call it one, they go back a ways, and, and they really, to honestly, they don't know which one it actually is right now. There's no beautiful gate. They have pretty gates, but there is no beautiful, named beautiful gate. All right, you can read down in your little notes down bottom, and they're going to say one, but they're going to go back some to what modern people are saying, but actually they can't find the original. They say it's on down bottom, actually coming out of the old city, Going up, probably that's what it was. No argument, no need. The point is they did it every day. Think about it. Keep reading. A man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they used to sit down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, in order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. It wasn't illegal, it wasn't against the law, it was okay. And actually you were blessed if you gave to them. It was a good thing. When they saw Peter, when he saw Peter... And John, about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. All right? Notice this. Here, there's so many things. I read this. I probably read these 1 through 10 verses. So that's what? 11? I don't know the number. 
I've read those verses, 10 verses, whatever, probably 50 times since I last saw you. And I'm like, where do we go with this? Think about it. Every day they brought this guy to the temple. Every single day they have brought this guy and set him at the temple. Do you think this is Peter and John's first trip to the temple? Probably not. Let's go even further back. If this guy's been going to the temple every single day, since birth, they've been laying him there. People have been dragging him there. There is a high, high probability that Jesus himself saw this man sitting beside the road. Why didn't Jesus heal him? Why didn't this moment? And you say, well, well, Jesus didn't see him. Okay, well. A man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they used to sit down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. This is a main entrance. Some, most of your commentaries, if you've read down bottom, is going to be talking about the portico, portico of Gentiles to the, to the women's side. All right, it's a, it's a main thoroughfare. It's a, it's a common entrance point. It's not some secret road. So Peter and John have probably seen this guy many, 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 many days. Jesus probably saw this guy every time he went to the temple. There's a good chance. Why wasn't he already healed? Why wasn't he already healed? Why wasn't he? Why wasn't he healed? Years ago, why wasn't he healed when Jesus started his ministry? Why wasn't, why wasn't when, they were, when they were bringing people, just think, when they were bringing people out from all the cities and all the villages so that Jesus could heal them, why was this man not brought? Why was, why was these faithful guys who brought him every single day See, there's so many different angles and so many different sermons. I could preach on the faithfulness of those men. Every single day they brought him. Every single day they got up and they went and did their chores. They went and worked in the fields. And then they went and got this guy. Hey, it's time to get there because the people are coming to prayer. We need to put you down in that spot. Why now? When were you saved? Was it the first time you heard the gospel? Was it the second time you heard the gospel? The 42nd time you heard the gospel? The 112th time you heard the gospel? Which time was it that you were saved after hearing the gospel? Why did he wait to now? Uh, okay, look back over. Look, look what happens. Look, And he began to give them... Verse 4, but Peter along with John fixed his gaze on him and said, look at us. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do I have. What I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. Walk. Silver and gold I do not have. What I do have is Jesus. We could talk about how the church don't have much. People, 
people in today's world, they want something. They're always asking for something. Guys, what's the most important thing we have? What is the most important thing you and I have? It's Jesus. We could talk about that. We could talk about, we could talk about, we could name the sermon that they changed the, they changed the story. Go back, remember in Acts 1, look back at Acts 1, chapter, chapter 1, verse 6. Notice how Jesus changed the conversation. Guys, I, I tell you, if us as Christians would just tweak our words a little bit and change our story a little bit. Notice. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you're restoring the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or epics which the Father has fixed for his own authority, but you will receive power. Jesus says, look, you're focused on the wrong thing. Here's what you need to know. Power is coming. The disciples, Peter and John here, they look at him, they fix their eyes, they say, hey, look at us. You're begging for alms. Silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have is Jesus. Get up and walk. Put it up there, Ty. I will say this. I picked of the many different ones. They're right there. They being people. They're right there. People are right there in front of us. Guys, people are right there still in front of us all day long that need Jesus. There's people right in front of us all day long that still need Jesus. You know what we in the church do? We do a wonderful job. We've already done it tonight. We've built up the summer and we forget about tomorrow. We build up the summer. We build up a youth event. We build up a generate. We build up, hey, when we get those kids in here for vacation Bible school, we're going to show out. We, we build up. Here's what we do. We're masters of this. We're going on mission. We're going to go reach the world. We're gonna, when we get out there, we're going to be telling all those people about Jesus. And we forget that, hey, wait a second. If we take our eyes and we look down, fix our eyes on the people right here below us. The people in our homes, the people in our schools, the people in our jobs, the people that are right here. Silver and gold we don't have, but what we do have you need. They're right there. They're still right there. They'll always be right there until Jesus comes. I thought about stopping right here and saying, what kind of church do you want Chapel Hill to be? Do you realize that, that y'all dis- define it? Do you realize that y'all define what type of church we want to be? Because I can sit here, we can sit here out here, and we can say, we're going in that direction. A leader's only as good as the folks following him. I can sit here, I can sit here and say, hey, we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, and we're going to go here, and we're going to be that, and this is who we're going to be. And I can look around, who's going with me? And crickets are behind me. Or the church can be behind us. The body of Christ. What kind of church, what kind of church do you want this to be? I want us to be a church. I want us to be a church that day by day continuing with one mind. There was a, there was a joy. There was a, there, was a, there was a united front. There was no divisions, no schisms, no power struggles, no I'm somebody and you're nobody. Not any of that kind of stuff. We're all in one. We, we all got this one purpose. Notice what happens. Let's just go the rest of the story. 
and seizing him. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene walk. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. Eyewitness account, Dr. Luke. Remember, I'm writing to you the rest of the story. Oh, excellent Theophilus. And he tells the rest of what Jesus had started to do. And he gives us these, these, these medical details about how he leaped up and he stood with strength. With a leap, he stood upright and began to walk. And he entered the temple with him, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they were taking note of him as being the one who used to sit at the beautiful gate of the temple to beg alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. And while he was clinging, and let me go on and tell you, you've got to read the next, I'm not going to do it in the next few minutes, but you've got to read all the way through the end of chapter 4 to get the whole rest of this story. The whole rest of this story is is Peter stands up. Peter gets an opportunity again. He has drawn a crowd. You know what he didn't have every other time that he walked through the temple gate? He didn't have the Holy Spirit with him. But here he did. He came in and he had the Holy Spirit in him and he stands up with boldness and he preaches. And he, Look at verse 11. While he was clinging to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them at the so-called portico of Solomon, full of amazement. But when Peter saw this, he replied to the people, Men of Israel, why are you amazed at this? And why do you gaze at us if by our own power or piety we have made him walk? It's nothing we did that did this. The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servants, the one whom you delivered and disowned in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. Put to death the Prince of Peace, the one whom God raised up from the dead, a fact to which we are witnesses. And on the basis of faith in his name, it is in the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know. And the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect help in the presence of you all. If you keep on reading, you will see that God adds another 2,000 people. Another 2,000 people are saved because at such a time as that, not every other time that Peter and John went to pray. Not at all the times that Jesus walked in and out and saw the guy sitting over there. No, God knows what he's doing. And at such a time as that, God showed out. Here's what I believe. I believe it without a shadow of a doubt. How many sermons have you heard at Chapel Hill? Don't answer, it's a rhetorical question. But you've heard a bunch. How many, how many VBSs have you gone through? How many trips? How many events? How many this? How many that? How many, how many we're going to go do this and we're going to go do that? And the reason we didn't is because the guy, whoever he was, turned around and he didn't have a crew. He had crickets behind him and not, a, not the body of Christ behind him. Church ain't going to do nothing with just one man. I'm a voice. I'm just a mouth. I'm one little person. But you get the body of Christ on fire God does things through that. 
God moves through that. Guys, you just don't realize yet because you've not tippy-toed out into those waters. And this is how I am. i got a pool at the house that I've been in it once. You know why? It's freezing. My kids are in it every day. They've been in it every day since December. And it's yet to get warm enough for me. And here's what I do. I walk out there in my little britches. And I mean, I'll go as far as to get fully dressed to dive in. But I ain't got in yet. Here's what I do. I put my toe in and I'm, whoo that is cold. I can't do it. Then I go get in the hot tub. <laughs> it's like crazy. How many Christians, how many of you hear it and you're like, Preacher, I got you, brother. It looks so fun. Kids, Wendy, they're having a blast. I bet it would be awesome out there. That would be so awesome. I believe you. I see you. I hear you. I'm, I'm right there with you, brother. Well, y'all get in. Woo! The reason the church is dying on the vine. It don't happen in this room. And he gave some to be to equippers of the saints to do the work of ministry. We equip. This is, this is the equipping. This is the training. This is the rah-rah. This is the excitement. This is the energy. But where does application take place? Guys, they're still right there. Peter and John walked by this guy so many times, it's pitiful. They were faithful men. They went to pray. They continued to go pray. This begging guy had been carried there by faithful men every single day of his life. And they never gave him any attention until this one day. This one day something totally different happened. This one day he's over there saying the same words. Help me. Help me. Feed me alms, alms, whatever he's saying, whatever his words are. Every other time they had blinders and they were so focused. I gotta get to prayer meeting. I gotta get to prayer meeting. And all the while, those people were right there under them. And this one day, of all the days, so that God could bring himself most glory, of all the days that Go step off the beaten path and notice. And to go there and see the guy in silver and gold, I ain't got it. I ain't got it. Silver and gold is not what they want. Silver and gold is not what they need. We're not offering the world silver and gold. We're not offering the world social answers. We're not offering them how to make we're not even offering them how to make marriages better and and financial peace and we're not offering all that here's what we're offering we're offering the world jesus he fixes marriages not churches he fixes homes he fixes families he fixes hearts not us but what we've done is we've gotten all these groups well we're going to plan this and we're going to do this we're going to do that no god's got to do that what if, I say what if, eventually preacher, when you going to quit saying what if, well, I don't know. They're still right there. Got to get in the water. Why do we not get in the water? Because we're scared. Here's what we say. Well, I don't know what to say. I don't know what they're going to think about me. 
I may mess up. I may say the wrong thing. I, 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 just, don't, I just don't think I'm called to that. Every Christian is called to that. Every Christian is called to make disciples. Every Christian is called to make much of their Savior. Every Christian, period, without exception. When we're not making much of our Savior, we are sinning. We are suppressing. We are, we are quenching the Spirit. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about uh, Holy Spirit move things that, that us Baptists immediately think when we talk about quenching the Spirit. No, I'm talking about when the Spirit of God, you walk out those doors and you're going to see people that you've been seeing every single day of your life, but I pray in the name of Jesus that you can't sleep. I pray in the name of Jesus that you can't sleep, you can't find rest. Until you quit passing them with blinders on. In the water, faith and action. Here I am, Lord, sin. Me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm a great preacher. I hear y'all say it all the time. You're the best. No, I ain't. Because we ain't in the water yet. I turn around. And some of you, some of you are like, oh, he's judging me. If you're in the water, praise God. Some of you ain't even some of you ain't even thinking about putting your skibbies on yet. Some of you ain't even thinking about. You're, you're like, I'm beyond that. I'm past that. I can't even. You should see me in a bathing suit, preacher. Because <laughs> that's what you're thinking. I'm not doing it. I'm past my prime. I'm past my usefulness. I'm past my time. They'd walk past this guy. We don't know how many times. Jesus had even not healed him in the past so that this moment could even happen. And this moment happens and a crowd of amazed people come. Look over. Look over at verse 2. Chapter 2, verse 43. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. God was using these signs and wonders and these amazing things to, to draw people to himself. <coughs> he was saving them. He's still doing that, church. He's still doing that. Who does he use? He uses us. Who do we go to? We go to them. Where they're at, they're right there in front of us. And our first thought is, we think evangelism. Our first thought, we think evangelism. And you say, well, I, I just don't want because I, I just don't know enough yet and I don't want to mess somebody up for eternity. What if, we, what if we go a step back from 
just straight up beating them over the head with, with the Bible, is that's what we think, to just maybe befriending them. What if we say, hey, love to have you. Love to have you. I've been here six months, seven months. When will I begin to say seven months? Can I say seven months yet? Help me with my math. Y'all see I use that a lot. You're going to be like, you got a running total of how long I've been here. October 11th or 12th or 13th, what's the math? Is it that many? Holy cow, I've been lying. See, I sure ain't a good preacher. I've been lying. I told you I was a hypocrite Sunday, second service. I'm still looking at the same group. You know what they tell me, Chapel, Chapel Hill's back. I'm still looking at the same faces. I can't re-save any of you. I didn't save you in the first place. Are y'all listening to me? There's Jonathan Ritchie again. Hey, Jonathan. He's been here since the beginning. There's Stephanie. Remember, that's flute player number one or two. Remember, that was early on. Remember? Remember, that was early on. That was like his first or second sermon. Preacher made that gaffe on that. They're still here. What's your point? Let's pray. Lord God, help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Not Nacho.